You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. What is up, Christ Walk Church? How's everybody doing this morning? Happy Easter. It is so, so good to see all of you and be in the Lord's house this morning. I am pumped up about uh, today and just excited to share in the celebration of our risen Savior and King. Um, have you ever been in a situation, maybe you're at a store or, uh, you, you go to, you go to buy something and you get up to the point of sale machine and, and now most of us, we don't carry cash, um, very often. And so, uh, you swipe your card and you get that dreaded message declined and you look around really nervously and you kind of, you know, like be sure nobody's watching and you swipe it again or you put it in again only to get declined. And then, and then, um, if, if there's an attendant or if there's someone like you're, you're at a cashier or whatever, and they, they try to do it in a hushed tone cause they, I'm, I'm sorry, sir, but it seems that your card has been declined. Like that's one of the worst feelings ever, right? Yeah, this happens because somewhere along the way we reached a limit. Like if you're paying with your debit card, it's because there's no more money in the bank account. You have reached the limit and that's a scary feeling. And perhaps a scarier feeling is that when you're paying with a credit card and it happens, it's because you've reached your limit the other way and the bank is no longer going to let you borrow any more of their money. And if you're like me, you probably don't like limits all that much. You see them as an annoyance or as a hassle. And especially here in the United States of America where instant gratification is king and overindulgence is a way of life, you and I try as we might to overcome those limits, even ignore them. But no matter what we do, life is just full of limits. Consider some of the limits you and I face on a regular basis. One of them is my nemesis. It's called the speed limit. Like, why can't I just drive as fast as I want to and everybody else get out of my way so that I can get to where I'm going, right? I've tried it that way. It doesn't end up well. It's blue lights in the rear view, a pretty hefty fine, and Saturday morning traffic school, and nobody likes that. Weight limits, weight limits, like... Like in an elevator, you know, you've gotten into a full elevator before and you've noticed a little placard there underneath all of the buttons that says this elevator supports a certain amount of weight. And all of a sudden you start to look around and play the game of guessing how much the other people in the elevator weigh. That's why I take the stairs. It's not because I'm healthy. It's because I don't want to plunge to my death like the Tower of Terror just because Phil couldn't lay off the donuts, for crying out loud. There's height limits. Like, you've seen this, like, on the interstate, like, uh, going under bridges, you know, overpasses, and it'll say, you know, height limit. It'll give feet and inches and everything. Perhaps you've seen a truck stuck under one of those bridges, you know, like the top gets stuck. It's hilarious! Unless you're the driver of the truck, then... 
Not so much fun. Not so much fun. Even the things in our life that, that claim to, to be unlimited have limits. Like cell phones. How many of you remember back in the day, unlimited nights and weekends, right? Some of the younger folks in the crowd are like, what? Unlimited nights and weekends started at 7 p.m. Someone called you at 6.59. They're going to voicemail. You're waiting until 7.01. You're going to give yourself two minutes just to be sure that the three nights and weekends have kicked in before you call them back. And now it's unlimited data. But there's always an asterisk. And that little asterisk means that, that once you've hit a certain threshold, the speed for that data then goes down and you're switched to a slower speed. It's limited even though it claims to be unlimited. One size fits all. Some of you have seen maybe in the past t-shirts with a tag and then it says OSFA, one size fits all. But not anymore. We had to change it. Now it's OS. Uh, FM, one size fits most, because somewhere along the way, probably some dude named Phil put one on and it didn't fit. And so we had to change it. It's limited. All you can eat buffets. They advertise it's all you can eat. Nothing says America more than the all you can eat buffet. And they're perhaps, uh, perhaps the, the reason we have, um, we, we had to change from one size fits all to one size fits most was because of the all you can eat buffet. And, and when, you, when you say the name of these kinds of restaurants, it would lead you to believe that there is a never ending food supply at these places. But if you're able to consume enough, I can guarantee that they will come and tell you, I'm sorry, sir, but that is all that you can eat. And I've experienced this personally. Not me. Some dude named Phil I met in an elevator once. It can happen. Let's face it. Whether we like it or not, pretty much everything in life has limits. Maybe you've said something like this. If I were only a little bit healthier. If I was just a little bit stronger if i just knew a little bit more if i was just a little bit older if i was just a little bit younger if i just had a little bit more money limits are all around us and the question today is wouldn't it be great if the best things in life if all of the things that we wanted were unlimited wouldn't you love that and while we can't say that about most things, in fact, we can't say that about the overwhelming majority of things. I believe that it is true about one thing, and that is God's love. Today, we're kicking off a brand new series for Easter called No Ordinary Love, because the love of God is far from ordinary. And over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to take a look at what the love of God looks like, what our response should be to his love, and what that means for us when we do respond. And in the New Testament, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, the author tells us this. Three very simple, basic words. God is love. See, this is where the concept of love both begins and ends. 
It's in those three words that we learn that love is central to God's character. Love is a very part of the makeup of God. It is woven into the very fiber of his being. Love is at the center of every one of God's thoughts, every one of God's words, every one of his actions toward us. The author of Hebrews in the New Testament tells us that God, through the person of Jesus Christ, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what this means is that love is not something that God was just once upon a time or something that one day he will become or transform into. Love is something that he is, has always been, and forever will be. And therefore, to experience God, is to experience love because it is who he is. But there's a tension that comes along with that statement, God is love. And when I talk about God's love and and the fact that, that he is the very embodiment of love, I often get asked one particular question. Perhaps you've heard someone ask a question like this. Maybe you've even asked this question yourself once upon a time, and it's this. If God is so loving, then why does he send people to hell? If God is so loving, then then why does he send people to hell? And let me tell you, if you're here this morning, if you're watching with us online and you've ever heard that question, you've ever thought that question, you've ever wondered about the answer to that, let me tell you, that is a great question, really. It really is. And that's something that, that you and I, we've got to wrestle with. We've got to come to terms with. And here's how I always answer it. Whenever I get asked the question, if God is so loving, why does he send people to hell? I answer it this way. He doesn't. He doesn't. And I mean that. Like, not only is it what I wholeheartedly believe, I also believe that uh, that it's exactly what the scriptures teach us. Let me explain for just a second. As we've already talked about, the overwhelming majority of what you and I experience in life, like 99.999% of it, has limitations placed on it. And over the years, because of that, you and I, we've learned to just look at life and the things that we experience through the lens of limitation. And we've, we've begun to accept that as just the normative part of our life. And when it comes to the specific topic of love, often the way you and, you and I are able to give or receive love is based on conditions. It's based on limits. We may not be willing to verbalize this, or we may not even be willing to admit it, but it's often true because typically the, the love of the world says, I'll love you if. I'll love you as long as certain conditions are met, As long as you do this, as long as you fit inside of this box and meet these expectations that I have for you, I won't have any difficulty loving you. But the second that those expectations aren't met becomes quite a bit more difficult. And the reason for this is because of the sin nature that you and I were both born with, which causes us to place self at the center of our own universe. And because of that, it makes it incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to be able to wrap our heads around the fact that God's love for us and his love toward us has no bounds. That he loves us so much 
that he gives us the power to choose for ourselves. See, here's the crazy part about God's love that's so difficult to understand. It's really two-faceted. The first part of it is that God loved us so much that he paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we didn't have to choose hell. In the Gospel of John, chapter 3, John writes, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. And all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right... Come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. So the first facet of God's great love for us is that he paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we didn't have to choose hell. And the second part is that even when we don't choose him, he continues to love us and pursue us. Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, writes this in in his second book in the New Testament. He says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. Repent is a fancy word that means to turn around and go in the other direction. He doesn't want anyone to continue on toward the path of death. Instead, he wants them to turn around and move toward the path of life that leads us in the direction of Jesus Christ. So based on these couple of passages, it's clear that God didn't want to have to judge us. That's why he sent Jesus in the first place, so that rather than being judged, you and I could be saved. It's also clear that God doesn't want us to go to hell and that he is being extremely patient and giving us every possible opportunity to make the right choice with our lives. And thirdly, it's clear that whether or not you and I receive judgment is based on whether or not we choose to receive the love of God and believe on his son, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. So let it be known, God did not create a bunch of robots who were programmed to love him. That wouldn't be love at all. Instead, out of the overflow of his love for his creation, you and I were given the power to choose for ourselves whether or not we would receive his love and decide for ourselves whether or not we're going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. It's as simple as that. So now that I've hopefully laid a foundation for the reason behind and what God's love is all about, let's take a look at what I believe to be five of the most significant characteristics about God's love. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write these down. Five characteristics of God's unlimited love. Number one, God's love is real. God's love is real. 1 John 1, verses 9 and 10 
It says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Let's face it. Nobody likes fake. Fake is off-putting. Fake turns our stomach. Fake is not something that we want to be around or that we want to interact with. We want things to be real. And for something to be real, there has to be substance. There has to be authenticity. There's an old phrase that says, the proof is in the pudding. You ever heard that? I wonder what flavor the pudding was. I don't know, but the proof is in there, whatever flavor it was. And what that means is that, that we need to examine it. We need to put it to the test. And when we take God's love and we examine it upon, upon further, closer look at God's love for us, we see that it wasn't just something that he talked about. It was something that he took action upon and followed through with. Pastor Craig Rochelle says this. He says, God could have shouted his love from heaven. But instead, he showed it to us on earth because God's love is real. Number two, God's love is relentless. God's love is relentless. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says, Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. Whenever I read this particular verse, I think about those old Energizer battery commercials. You know, the ones with the pink bunny. He's wearing flip-flops, sunglasses. He's got a big bass drum in front of him. In those commercials, the toy with the knockoff battery brand would run down and fall over, but that pink Energizer bunny would just keep banging his drum. And the announcer would come on and say, nothing outlasts the Energizer. It keeps going and going and going. So you need to understand that before you were and after you cease to be, God's love was and will still be there. It's big enough to outlast your situation or your circumstance. You can't run from it without eventually running back into it. And it doesn't matter what you did last year, last month, last week, or last night. God just loves you and he will stop at nothing in his pursuit of you with his love. It just keeps going and going and going. There is no beginning to it and there is no end to it. And wherever you are today, you are right smack dab, whether you like it or not, in the middle of his love for you. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, he says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no, no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No! Despite all of these things, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. 
no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. His love is real. His love is relentless. Number three, God's love is reliable. It's reliable. In Psalm 103, verses 8 through 18, the the, the psalmist records, the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve for his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are only dust. Our days are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we never had been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who were faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. When I think about his unfailing, his everlasting, his faithful, his remaining love, I think about that scene from Forrest Gump where he was in the army and they were out in Vietnam and it was right in the middle of monsoon season and they'd experienced all kind of rain. Big old fat rain, little bitty stinging rain, rain that flew in from sideways and sometimes even rain that seemed to come up from underneath. And in Forrest's company, there was enlisted another gentleman by the name of Benjamin Buford Blue, but his friends called him Bubba. And I can remember one night when Forrest and Bubba, they were getting ready to go to sleep and it had been raining something awful and there they were in the middle of that monsoon season out in the bush of Vietnam and Bubba looked at Forrest and he said, Forrest, I'm gonna lean up against you and you lean right back up against me. That way we don't have to sleep with our heads in the mud. Sometimes you and I are going to need something to lean up against so that we don't have to sleep with our heads in the mud. Sometimes we're going to go through a health scare. Sometimes we're going to face a financial crisis. Sometimes we're going to experience some marital trouble or the loss of a job or the loss of a loved one, or we're going to have to walk through a global pandemic. And I just came to tell somebody today that, that when the grounds of life turn into sinking sand, we can always count on God's love to be there as our firm foundation because his love is reliable to us. And because of that, we don't ever have to sleep with our heads in the mud. It's real. It's relentless. It's reliable. Number four, God's love redeems. God's love redeems. The apostle Paul writes in Romans five, verse eight, he says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That word redeem, it's, it's a fancy word to, that, that means to buy or to pay off, to, to clear by payment. 
And for the first 10 plus years of our marriage, Sarah and I were paying off this evil thing called a student loan. And I'll be honest, it was a fairly healthy debt and the monthly payment was, was, was pretty significant, particularly at the beginning for a couple of new, newlyweds just starting out. But can I just tell you that I remember the day when I wrote that last check and put it in the mail. And I remember a few days later when I looked at the bank statement online and saw that the check had cleared. And I remember about a week or so after that that we got a final statement in the mail from the loan company that had a big old red stamp on it that said, paid in full. The weight, the burden of that debt was gone. You know what? After that, another bill, it never showed up. They never asked for another payment. It was paid in full. It was finished. It was done. So you and I, much like that student loan, we've incurred debt because of our sin. And as debt is known to do, it's going to come calling for its payment. And in this case, the payment is death. But based on Paul's words there in Romans, when we were at our very worst sinners, God gave us his very best. By sending Jesus to die in our place. And today, you and I have access to a statement that says, paid in full. And it is stamped with Jesus' blood because of his work on the cross. Because of the Father's great love toward us. Our payment, the penalty, has been paid for us. See, the devil, he, he still wants to, to cause us to believe. He, he wants to make us believe that, that we deserve the punishment for our sins. He wants to beat us over the head with our shortcomings and our, our past mistakes. But, but because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, that debt has been paid and it is finished. It is done. Nobody can come and take anything from you anymore because we have been bought with the price of the blood of the Lamb of God who was sent to take away the sins of the world and it is paid in full. His love redeems. It's real. It's relentless. It's reliable. It redeems. And number five, God's love restores. God's love restores. Ephesians 2 Verses 1 through 5 says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen realm. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us, the dead. Disobedience to God, because of of our sin, we became depraved. 
Our disobedience led to depravity because we continue to walk in disobedience. We were given over to our depraved minds, our depraved desires, those things that that we wanted that moved us in a direction away from God. And because of that depravity, you and I were doomed. We were destined for death. That was the end of our story. That is where we were headed. But and, and, and because of our doom, we, we, we were sentenced to die. But because of Jesus, the story was rewritten. See, here's what I know about dead men. Dead men have limits. Dead men don't walk, they don't talk, they don't breathe, they can't accomplish anything. They just lay there in their death. But death does not have to be our destiny. Your story can be rewritten today. And it's what Jesus came to do. But because of God's unlimited love for us, you and I, we don't have to stay dead. We can can gain access to unlimited life through Jesus and his resurrection from the grave. This is what it means to live for something more. We talk about that a lot around here. Maybe you saw it on one of the big banners out front. This is what it means to live for something more that, that we don't have to accept death as the end because death has been defeated. And what that means for you and me today is that this life and all the limitations that come with it, they don't have any hold on us. What we see here in front of us, it's only temporary. This is the message of Easter. This is the hope that you and I have in Jesus. Easter tells us that what is dead doesn't have to stay that way. It can be brought back to life. Because of God's unlimited love for us, you and I can have unlimited life. Because of his unlimited love for us, you and I can have unlimited life. But here's perhaps the greatest truth of God's love. Even though it's limitless, if we choose not to receive it, we make it out to be worthless. I'll say that one more time. Perhaps one of the greatest truths about God's love is that even though it's limitless, if we choose not to receive it, We make it out to be worthless. His love doesn't matter if we won't accept it. I can remember when I met who eventually became my wife. Think about it. I was asking her on dates and she kept turning me down. If I was bringing her flowers and chocolate and she kept throwing them in the trash. If I got down on one knee holding a diamond ring and asked her to marry me and she said no. We wouldn't be in this position here today nearly 17 years later. It's how it is with God's love. It only matters if we choose to receive it. He's pursuing you with it. He wants you to take hold of it. He wants you to embrace it and bring it into your life today. And today you can receive that love by simply choosing to live his way 
instead of your own, exchanging your desires for his desires for you. Start following after his plan instead of your plan. Today, you don't have to choose to spend eternity in hell separate from God. But instead, you can choose to receive his love with open hands, with an open heart, by simply surrendering your life to him. And you can walk out of this place and close out this browser having the security and knowing that once your time on this earth is done, that there's still more to look forward to. That the best, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come. That we'll be in heaven with him forever and ever. And maybe you're here today and you've been dead in your sin and you're ready to step from death into life for the first time. Or maybe you're here today and, and, and you've, like Chris said earlier, you know Jesus and, and you once had a relationship with him, but, but something happened and somewhere along the way, you increased the distance between him and yourself. You started to live your own way, go in your own direction, and you need to come back home. You need to come back to the cross. You need to, you need to come back to Jesus today. If that's you this morning, here in person, watching online, I want to invite you to pray this very simple prayer with me. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I'm lost without you. I believe that Jesus died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. And today I choose to follow Jesus and his way for the rest of my life. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.